Hi, I'm Alex, and this is the Fanatic Fulcrum. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome! The Fulcrum is the turning point where people talk about how they went from being fans of a franchise or other media and how that passion turned into identity. This is our third episode, and I plan to have the show come out every Thursday or so. My guest today is Jillian Rains, a theater arts major here at Sac State. Since she was little, Jillian loved belting out show tunes in the car and began memorizing shows like Into the Woods, Annie, and Spamalot. This led her to take advantage of the opportunity high school gave her, performing. Jillian told me that relating to and portraying these characters throughout her high school career and a little bit of college helped her to discover her own values, beliefs, and morals by exploring their stories and development. So let's get into it. Well, hi, Jillian. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So you're an incoming psych major? I am, yes. Technically undeclared? I am, yeah. So I'm actually technically a theater major right now. Okay. But um, over the summer, I kind of had like a revelation moment over like the course of a couple of days. And this was after orientation and everything. And I was like, oh, turns out. I maybe don't want to do this. So now I'm focusing on, I'm a transfer student, so I'm focusing on upper division gen eds. And uh, I'm also um, trying to get into the teaching credentialing program. So I'm doing some prerequisites for that. Are you going to be a good old like high school theater teacher? I mean. (laughs) Is that like the goal? (laughs) Probably. Theater or English is probably where I'm going to end up. That's okay. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Well, I'm glad you're still in the theater in some respect because I called you on here today to talk about musical theater. Yes. How's it been? I know we've seen each other once in a while over the course of years, but we went, okay, so we're what, three years out of high school at this point? Three, going on four, I guess. Yeah, we can drink now legally. Can you? My birthday was on Wednesday. Okay. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Are you, are the lights a little bright and a little noisy today? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is a Friday. Yes. Yeah, no, the I goes have... up on a Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we did theater in high school together. Yes, we did. Yeah. Do you want to, can we talk about that for a little bit? Yes. Reminisce. Absolutely. <laughs> what was your favorite show? Well, shoot. You well, guys okay. did a lot of great shows before. So I, I'm going to start by saying the whole reason really that I met you in high school was because you stepped in at the last second was we don't have to go into the whole Into the Woods saga, but the short story is we were going to do Into the Woods at my high school and my high school theater program. Absolutely unheard of. Like, just keep that in mind. Some stuff went down, some kind of catas- drama. catastrophic in events. Drama. Yes. Um, and so we got our show. Our show's original dates were in February. We had to postpone them to early March. And so because of this, the kid who was playing our steward, the like the royal prince's royal steward, suddenly told us like a week before we opened, hey, actually, um, I'm not going to be there the last night of the show. And we were like, uh, okay, well, we still have to do the show, especially because like all this stuff went down <laughs> and we had worked incredibly, we'd worked our butts off to get there. And so I believe you were in a... I was in her first period class. You were in like a beginning or advanced yeah. drama and class. you needed to be in the sixth period class to be in the shows? Yes. Okay. So yeah, you hadn't actually auditioned 
to be in a show, but she knew you oh, from... Oh, no, I had auditioned. She said no. <gasps> Twice before then. Anyway, oh, that's why we know that. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I, I sounded so salty no, about that. No, no, oh, I did not Lord. know that part that's of the okay. story. That's okay. Um, but yeah, so basically, <laughs> she was like dangling a piece of like cheese over your mouth. Like, yeah, you want to be in the class? Yeah. yeah. Okay, learn an entire three-hour show uh, over the weekend. The steward isn't. The steward is not in it that much. Okay, he I has had like learn. five lines, but granted, it was twenty-three. Relax. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing too hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> in terms of everything that that was going on in the show. It was a lot to learn, literally over a couple days. It was three. It was three days. I three days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had an English teacher that was okay with me leaving six periods sometimes. Oh yes. So I did. I would come in uh, once in a while, and I did the same thing for stage door. That's right. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I just remember seeing you and being like. Man, this kid is so freaking cool. Like, thank you. He, like, oh my gosh. Because I... well, and the other thing is. I don't know who's going to listen to this, but everyone, um, I'm just going to say you did a better job <gasps> than the don't other say that, guy. Don't say that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, OK. Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> I, OK, I will say, I guess to amend that you were clearly more invested and more like committed than the other guy was. I knew you were. I knew you were good, but I didn't know you were that good. Does that mean to say no, I didn't okay. know you were that good? I'm leaving this all in. You're just. <laughs> I did not call you here to praise me, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what and were your then, favorite uh, shows you did in high school? I, we could go and do yeah. like a narrative of every single one. Oh, but that yeah. might take a long time. So we. I did, was all I was gonna say is you did play my dad in the last show that we did, did together. I thought I was gonna get Lori because I was the senior boy and yeah. Little Women, by the way. But uh, yeah, nope. he was Bob Odenkirk. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, my little women. Yes. 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 I lost that role to the same person. Yes. <laughs> One of my Who best we friends. Adore. He's so tall and just so cute. I mean, I get yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Height is such a thing in theater. Like, it do you want to really, talk about that? Like, it really, really is. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can yeah. digress. I mean. I think that's one of the things that, so I'm non-binary, I'm, I'm a non-gender type person, I present very, very femme, um, which is not, you know, something that I have an issue with, I like it, I'm just out here doing my thing, but as a short femme person, I'm, I'm 5'2", gentlemen, ladies, um, <laughs> I get really looked over, I get passed over for a lot of the you know, more mask parts, especially in, in like Shakespeare and stuff. And it's just kind of a bummer because it really is so about, you can only play like the male leads if you're tall and you can only play the female leads if you're short. And that's really not something that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely like have only gotten the funny butler like yeah. four different times. Yeah. But I mean, okay. And we, I think I should say you did play the white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Who are you again? I think a couple <laughs> I was characters. Alice. Yes. Um, you, no, there were true. there were five Alices. We won't go into that. So um, you were one of the Alices. You were also the March. I was Hare. also the March Hare. The Mad Hatter sidekick. Yes. Okay. Um, sidekick. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> the Mad Hatter's um, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you were Alice. I just want to point that Alice, out. I was Alice, and I and one of my favorite moments of the whole show was getting because you played the pig baby also at one point <laughs> and I got to pick you up and like 
carry you well, off stage and ride nonsense. and it was that's my twitter bio picture i know i know <laughs> every time i look at it it makes me so happy because i was like yeah i did that i'm five two and and absolutely ripped just you yep. know face yeah. like emily blunt five two ripped you've really bulked up since high school you walked in i was scared that yes. you were going to put me in a jar yeah. by sheer force yeah 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 <laughs> Um, um I, I'm not that heavy. I don't like I'm five seven and one twenty. You're really not that heavy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am just strong. I'm stocky and you're a twig, frankly. My nickname in the newsroom, get this, Big Al. Because Big? of how small I am. Yes. <laughs> Big Al. That is funny. Anyway, so what are your favorite shows that you've been in? Because you were in Carrie, for example. Did you yes. like that? Okay. So um it was a lot, <laughs> but it was also the first time that I had done a high, uh, the first time that I had done a musical since high school, um, so there was probably two or three years between those performances, which I was just stoked. I played Carrie, which was you know no big deal. Carrie is in Stephen King Carrie. It was it was a really challenging role, but I also connected to it very very deeply. So um, it was just a blast. How? Why might something be your favorite role? So why was Carrie so like special to you? Did it challenge you a certain way? I think. Um, I mean, not only was it was it vocally challenging for me, which was kind of a big deal. Like I felt like I really, really had to work um, with the songs. Uh, it it was also I felt very very emotionally connected to the character. It was one of those roles that I. I got lost in every single night and I didn't have to like think I just I just went out there and did my thing and I know that's like sounds probably kind of hackneyed to say but like there are other shows that I've been in where like the whole time I'm thinking about I'm either like hyper stressed about what I'm doing while I'm on stage or I'm like thinking like man what am I going to have for dinner when I get home after this? And yeah, like yeah. Carrie was one of those roles that every single night I was just so invested in playing this character as honestly as I could. So it was very, very special. Did you feel that at all with Little Women? Because I feel like sometimes I know like, for yes. example, right before an admission or something, you would just ball your eyes out on stage and yeah. there's no way that couldn't have taken a toll. Yeah, I think that Little Women was an interesting show because... So the way that we did it, we only did one weekend of performances for all of our shows in high school. And the the Joes and the Lorries were actually double cast. So um, I only got to perform two, two times, two evenings. And so there were a lot of things about that show where it was really easy for me to distance myself from it just because of all the drama and all the work that I was putting in backstage and, and everything else that I was doing. Cause I was also doing costumes and I was also doing like backstage tech for the other evenings where I wasn't performing, but there were still moments. Cause Joe is someone that I also, it's a character that I connect to as well. And, and there were certain moments, especially growing up with three sisters, um, like Joe did in little women that were really easy for me to be like, to just go, buck wild and really feel those emotions during the performance which was very cool how often do you put yourself through that not very often i wish i could say more often although it's probably good that it's not more often because i think i would just fall apart if i had to be under that emotional stress all the time because it does take a toll um especially when you're 
playing characters that you connect so deeply to. I mean, when I did Carrie, it's a rehearsal period over about three months, and it was one of the best experiences and most fulfilling experiences of my life, but I was also just a wreck all the time because I was just constantly thinking it and living it and becoming this character. And it's, you know, I think it wasn't necessarily method, but because um, I don't really believe in method acting, but there Ooh, it was definitely, it is a hot take. I, I don't believe in it. I think that, you know, either you connect to a character and you can put that into the performance or you don't and you just have to act. So I, I do cherish those opportunities when they come around but it's probably better that I only do those kinds of shows like once a year, you know, if I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, when we were rehearsing Romeo and Juliet, I, I was getting to play Juliet at the beginning of 2020. And we never performed, unfortunately, due to uh, the pandemic. But it was really a really, really interesting process. And it, I was actually being directed by my friend, um, who is the founder of a local theater company and he really pushed me to like to make it my own and to connect to the character and to really do that work and not just make it kind of derivative of what people have seen before so nice. yeah how was theater when covid shut down i mean obviously probably non-existent yeah i i actually do have some hot takes about this and i'll try not to get like too heated but that's okay i think that heated is good <laughs> I think that people really were trying to to bring back a form of theater or elements of theater that weren't necessarily feasible because of the pandemic and because so many things were so many things were virtual or were online. And I just think a lot of pandemic theater was not good. Frankly, um, I mean, that's I'll, I'll say I'll it. I'll back and you up on that. Yeah. 110%. No. Yeah. And it's it's not to undermine the work and the effort that all those people that were, you know, trying to put out theater and art at that time any way they could. It's not to undermine that. But I think that we really didn't know what to do. And so we were trying to recreate something without actually having the space or the resources to do so instead of just kind of making something up completely different. And although I will say that I think some of the best moments of theater or the best like theatrical acting opportunities, whatever, that I experienced during really the height of the pandemic was I would have friends who would just be like, hey, like, do you want to read a play tonight over Zoom? And that was so fulfilling and so much fun and like the fact that there was really no pressure to perform and you were just getting to kind of stretch your acting muscles you know for one evening have you read or watched who's afraid of virginia wolf no okay <laughs> um, for those listeners who have i got to read that play for the first time and i had actually never read it before hand I went in completely blind like my friend sent me the script and he was like okay just show up like as on zoom at this time this evening and keep in mind it is also like a three-hour play um oh so, so you had to clear your schedule yes so okay. we were we were 
uh, online from like seven to almost midnight. Um, See, my Zoom calls only go for forty minutes, so you have Zoom Premium. I take it. Um, I think whoever was hosting did. I I don't. Oh, but you're fine if you're on someone else's Zoom call. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Did you connect with that one? I did. I did a lot. I was playing. I don't remember her name. I wish I could, but. There's two couples. There's an older couple and a younger couple. And I was playing the wife of the younger couple. And she's very, like, anxious. And, <laughs> and so, obviously, I latched onto that right away. Um, Why did you uh, laugh so hard at that? I'm just kidding. Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all have our bouts with anxiety, don't we? Yes. Did theater help you develop as a person? I mean, I yes. know, like, when I knew you in high school, you weren't non-binary. Yeah, I it is a it is a recent development, so I'm sure, and I don't talk about it a lot. But um, that's okay. Thank you for talking about it here. I'm yes. glad that you feel comfortable too. Can I can I ask how theater helped? Um, I would say, I mean, primarily, if I'm thinking about when I first really started, um, it definitely brought me out of my shell. I was very very introverted. I was very closed off to a lot of people, and really like learning about theater, learning about musicals and stuff. When I was a little babe, <laughs> a babe, I was obsessed with high school musical. And like from a very, very, very early age, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like there is something so magical about this and I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I, I need to get there. And I was very lucky to also have parents who would play us like Phantom of the Opera and, and, into the Woods and Chess and uh, the other one that they always played was The Music Man on cassettes in our in our old car. My mom also played us Spam a lot, a lot, which like looking <sighs> back, one. looking back, thinking about how we would drive to school, drive to elementary school every morning, listening to Spam a lot. I'm like, hmm, interesting choice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so when I when I finally got to high school, it was very interesting because I was like, okay, I finally have this opportunity to do this thing that I've been yearning for for so long, and I don't even know, like, where to start. I feel like I'm very unprepared. But I think that drive and that passion really stood out, and that's why I was able to kind of integrate so quickly because I wanted to be there so bad. And I mean, you know how high school is. Like some students are just there for their extracurricular. Some students are there because they don't have anything else to do. But I just remember showing up and having gone home the previous night. Like if we were having auditions, like like for Stage Door, the entire like two weeks before the auditions actually happened, I was at home watching every single production that I could find on YouTube over and over again. There was like literally two very, very low quality filmed productions from like the 80s. And I would just, I would listen to them as I fell asleep and I would think about them and I would like take notes because I just wanted to be there so bad. And so I think that like, especially in my adolescence, it really helped me kind of develop who I was and come out of myself. But even now, as I'm older, uh, I just turned 21, um, I would say in the last few years, I think it has, it's also really helped me understand and solidify more what I believe in and what I stand for. I came from a certain background where there were limitations placed upon me 
for what seemed like arbitrary reasons, and I didn't bother to question them. And then as I got older, I was like, well, why can't I do this? You know, and and what makes it okay if I'm doing this for theater and not in other parts of my life? And, you know, where's where's the line? And so I think part of that was me kind of realizing like, oh, like the things that I've been taught to believe or to practice are actually very arbitrary or I'm doing them for arbitrary reasons. I don't actually believe in them. And I think that was that was huge, especially being in college and having kind of some autonomy for the first time. I was like, oh, like there's nobody that's going to tell me whether or not I can do something like, yes, I can set personal boundaries for myself. If I'm not comfortable with certain things, I can take that at my own pace and I can say, you know, this is fine, but this isn't fine. But also I can try to do things that I've never done before and see like, okay, am I actually comfortable doing this? Like, is this a boundary that I still need to uphold or have I just been upholding this boundary because other people told me to? I hope that makes sense. That yes. was kind of a long-winded answer. No, that's but... okay. <laughs> yes, that makes perfect sense. Do you think Sacramento gives you like the platform to do that? Do you no. think there's enough theater here? I don't. Damn. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. I it's mean, just a whole podcast of hot takes. I yeah. If there's anything that I have hot takes about, it's theater and especially Sacramento theater. And you know, as grateful as I am to have been given the opportunities that I have been, and especially in learning about myself and expanding my skills in Sacramento, in my hometown, I also know that I can't continue to grow if I don't seek out other sources of of information or other sources of teaching. Dang. Yeah. It's very... Thanks for being honest. Yeah. I think that it is such a small and insulated community. Um, I mean, Sacramento really is, even though it's like a city... Um, it's the capital of California. It really is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. And that's nowhere is that more evident than in the theater community, in the Sacramento theater community, because everybody knows everybody. Everybody has their own personal beefs with like other regional theater companies. Like, you know, everybody's been wronged by some <laughs> someone, you know, never gave costumes back or someone like secured the rights to a show at the same time that another company did. And like they like nobody knew really who was first or who was second, but they were like it, just a lot of drama and a lot of weird interpersonal vendettas. And I think also as a consequence of that, there's a lot of very, very there's not a lot of space for growth. Um, that's a lot of the same people that have been here and been doing theater for years. Is um, it unhealthy, it sounds like? I think so. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Again, hot take. But they um, say everyone in Hollywood knows each other. Yeah, and I think to an extent that is also unhealthy. I think it's a I think it's a different breed of nepotism though. Okay, okay. I think you like still... Sophia Coppola is yeah, directing. Exactly. Oh yeah, there's tons of examples that you could name of like Hollywood specific nepotism, but I think within SAC theater, it's a little bit more like you do still have to kind of fight to get in. But once you have like that one connection, you have your brand and you have your niche and you're in <laughs> and there's really nothing that you can do, unfortunately, to get kicked out. And I won't go into that, but there are definitely oh, people yeah. in the community that have done shitty things. Yes, really 
terrible stuff. And, and they're and fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about naming names? Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Hamilton's in town to close this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you like it? Can I come with another hot take? Oh, God. Can, no. You're about to hear, break my heart. Hear That's me what you're about out, to do. Hear me out. I went in. I was obsessed with Hamilton in high school when it first came out. And I went in hoping that it would revitalize that obsession. And I came out feeling terrible. I'm going to start crying. I'm sorry. Did uh, you not like Burr? I loved Burr. Burr is actually my favorite character. Burr's okay. my favorite character in Hamilton. He is also like... Uh, a dream role in a sense like i don't know if you've seen the miscast uh performances uh, that they do yes i love those yes leslie odom jr yes. played burr in hamilton on broadway yes he is in one of the broadway miscasts yes uh, he's one of the cell block tango girls yes he's brilliant and the the guy who i wish i had brought my playbill so i could properly credit the cast oh but donald weber jr he was beyond brilliant <laughs> yeah. um that's fine. As long as you liked him, we can leave it there. Yeah. I don't want you to talk about why you hate Hamilton. No, <laughs> I didn't. Just this performance. No, I would say, I think something that I discovered was I love all the individual aspects of the show. I mean, the lighting design is one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen in my life. It changed my life. It, like... And I don't know if it's been updated since it was first on Broadway, because obviously this is the, this is the touring production. But it is so, it's just so phenomenal. And I was sitting up in the nosebleeds because I'm poor, um, <laughs> but I could see every single the way that they used like the gobos and the projections and and movers. This is some shop talk. Uh, for all you theater That's okay. Folks. That's what this podcast um, <laughs> is. It's supposed to be very niche. It was It was really... Did you... Okay. In Satisfied, did you notice that, like, when Angelica's talking about, like, Hamilton's eyes and, like, I look at his eyes and I think about his eyes, the, the lights look like an eye. Like eyes? an iris on the ground. On the, what? On the stage floor. My mind was just blown. I know. I was like... And same thing that happened in um, in Hurricane. The lighting in for Hurricane on the stage floor looks like almost like a hurricane, like on a weather map. It definitely hits me different from when I was 15 I to agree. when I'm 21. And I can't imagine what I it's going to be like in 10 years when yeah. I like watch it again. I'm sure it'll come to town and we'll like I'll see it in the nosebleeds, right? Yeah. And i just wonder how it's gonna affect me just my experiences and stuff like that especially yeah. yeah i think i think the one thing that i will say to hamilton's credit to the show it really was revolutionary for its time and i think that now that we have like a few years of hindsight on that and and there have been other more revolutionary pieces of theater or forms of media that have come along or that have been catapulted into the spotlight more recently i think that it does give us a little bit of hindsight on like okay like you know this is this is where it really shone but also you know maybe this is where it could have done a little better maybe this is where it was less strong than other pieces of media or other pieces of theater dang well thank you for that yeah love your hot takes thank you <laughs> okay so this is my favorite segment of the show okay it's called the trials and tribulations of knowing trivia as a fan that's what I've said the last two times, so I guess that's what we're going with. I love that. Um, because, you know, as a fan, people are always like, oh my god, did you see this? And you're yeah. like, well, uh, um, maybe, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, for how many hours does the blackout last in Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights? 
Hours, not days. Hours? Yeah. Because um, I found a couple different answers, but I, I think this is okay. like in well, the musical. I think it's, I'm going to say. I. If I, you get within five, I'll give it to you. I don't know In the Heights very well. <gasps> I'm going to guess. You just hate Lynn, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay. From what I remember of the story. Okay. I'm just going to throw a guess and say 20 hours. That's really close. I'll give it to you. It's 29. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. They're not as hard after this. Okay. Uh, in the Peter Schaefer play Equus, yeah, a psychiatrist attempts to treat a young man who has a pathological religious fascination with what animal? It's horses. I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like yeah. equestrian. Yeah. yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe was in it. Did you really? not know that? No. Yes. Oh my God. Look it up. He's okay. okay. Young listeners, don't look it up because there is full frontal nudity. Daniel Radcliffe's wand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. See why this is my favorite segment now, don't you? Yes. Okay, fill in the blank of this glee quote by Sue Sylvester. Uh-huh. I am going to create a blank that is so blank. I am going to create an environment that is so toxic. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Yeah, congratulations. I love a good meme. Yes. Uh, what are the top three longest running shows on Broadway? Hint, Cats is number four. Okay. Um, I've looked this up. I think, I know one of them is, one of them is Phantom. Yep. One of them is Lion King. Yes. Um... Rio actually did the third one after we left. Oh, Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And that sweet, sweet, sweetheart that I lost the role to. Yes. In that I talked about earlier, that I lost the role to Multiple Little Women. Roles, and yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he actually ended up playing my dream role, which is Amos Hart. Yes. Yes. I'm very proud of it. I, I didn't see it, but I saw a recording because I was busy that weekend with yes. something else. I think newspaper of some kind. Yeah. But I think it was a, a different college. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because you were in a uh, gender-bended version of Annie, what is the name of Annie's dog? It's Sandy. Yes. Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, and, well, I thought you were going to get that one wrong, so I hope you don't get this one wrong. Uh, who plays... <laughs> Sorry, how could I forget? They, like, talk about Sandy the whole time. There's, well, like, a whole, like, like it's subplot. Easier. It's It's a lesser-known show now, but I will say, um, when I was, like, five years old, I listened... I got the original Broadway cast recording of Annie as a birthday present. And I listened to it every day and I oh. made my parents listen to me sing maybe far away or maybe real nearby. Dang. He'll be there pouring her coffee. She'll be there straightening his tie. So nice. Are we going to get a copyright claim? <laughs> no. oh, I okay. didn't sing it. I just oh. said lyrics. So gotcha, it's gotcha. probably fine. Yeah. Who plays the teen angel in the 1978 film version of Greece? Oh, I should have switched these. I'm so sorry. I no. hate when I leave my guests with like having one wrong. No, this is this is actually really good. Um, okay, confession. I've never seen Grease, but the I movie. No. Are you okay? Actually, I think I'm better than I would have been. <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> that's hot take about Grease. Okay, my last hot take. Um, I that's that's think... the dog's name in Andy and in, in Annie. <laughs> 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 it's Sandy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I um, love him. I just saw Face Off like a month ago. Oh my god! Great movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. I've I've That's okay. listened to a podcast about it. Ah. Um, I know that it is a pop singer. Yes. Of the time. Yes. And I wish that it's I... not Frankie Valley. Oh, 
It's not. Sh- it's not. Shia Shana- LaBeouf. No, no it's oh. not Shauna Na. Shauna Na's on a different song. They yeah, they're on Hound Dog. Yeah. It's uh, it's not Frankie Valley. It's fr- Frankie something. Frank. It's Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Frankie Avalon. Yes. 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 Okay. Wow. <laughs> Sweet. I that totally, really just like hit me like a bolt yeah, out of nowhere. It was yeah, like, like divine intervention. In it was air. like a piece of paper floating through the air <laughs> into my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Thank you for coming on and talking about it. This was a blast. Thank you for mm. listening to me. I, yeah. I just, I, where can people find you if they want? If people want to find me, if you know me in real life, hello, I love you. You already know where to find me. Um, I will say I'm going to plug the Sacramento Apollo Theater Company, which okay. is um, the theater company I helped to found, local to the area. It's it's my baby. We're not doing anything yet. We haven't really done anything, um, but hopefully we'll be back up and running again soon. And uh, if I'm ever on stage again locally, you can. Uh, I hope you come see me, and I hope you yeah. say maybe hey. we'll have you back. I was like, hey, like just you know, come up to me and be like, hey. You were in Carrie? You hate Hamilton? <laughs> Everybody knows me as Carrie for some reason. It's, oh, okay. It's, uh... Not Alice? Surprisingly, no. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's, it was really confusing. There's a boy Alice, like, four different Alices. Yeah, we, yeah. we should not get into it. That's for another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tune in next week when I interview English major James Gurix about cosplay, the practice, and the culture. I've been Alex, and this is The Fanatic Fulcrum. 